All right, y'all. Wow. So you are not going to believe who I'm sitting right across from. It is a good friend, Omo. Hey. I've known her since (laughs) high school, y'all. Oh, yeah. Since high school. Like, we used to do, like, theater together. Yes, we did. And sing, (laughs) which is, like wild to think yes. about because do you even sing do you no. sing still no i don't See, sing me neither. i've never me been neither. a singer <laughs> i've never been a singer i just thought i was because i was doing all that stuff but no but N- what never. lives what lives we live <laughs> and exactly. how much has that evolved since then it's, it's insane it's insane it is it is um but y'all i'm sitting down here with omo and yeah just tell tell the people about yourself hi everyone um my name is omo i am the founder of the mixed boutique i am a model and i'm a brand ambassador and i have many hats but i i love it (laughs) i love it (laughs) yeah i mean i think you have it's been so interesting because since high school, I've watched you evolve mm-hmm. in so many different ways, like from modeling to fashion to school mm-hmm. to uh, now owning this online boutique. Yeah. And you are a woman that wears so many different hats. Yeah. But it's crazy. Are you like self-taught? Like what what has been the mo- motivation behind all of this? Um, you know, growing up, I saw my mom have multiple jobs, so I kind of <laughs> just took after her. Yes. But um, I've always been interested in fashion. I just, growing up in a Nigerian household, you know, they're not really with the whole fashion thing. It's right. doctor, lawyer, accountant, all that stuff. So You were I, pushing against that status quo. Absolutely. I was like, yeah, no, I can't. <laughs> Science is not me. Uh, <laughs> nope. <laughs> I've retaken so many classes, but anyway, um, it's that's always been one of my, um, what should I say, like passions, like yeah, you know. So yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, tell us a little bit about the online boutique. How did that get started, and what is it? Yeah. So, oh, it's a story. Get in there. <laughs> um, so I started modeling here in Denver, and I started off. So this. I promise this leads right into why I started it. I know it's like, you asked me about the boutique, but I'm talking about model anyway. <laughs> but um, I started modeling back in 2016. And at that time, they considered me a plus size model as a size 12. And so, um, but I was unhealthy. So I lost a ton of weight. And so, but I started to, you know, I got healthy. I wanted to do my thing, but I got removed from the plus size in um, category. Really? Yeah. And so I was like, the fact that people decide that is like insane. It's crazy. That's I really insane. felt like there shouldn't be any categories, but yeah, just. <laughs> but yeah. So I started um, trying to figure out what can I do to keep myself busy, mm-hmm. and so I've always been interested in fashion. I just never knew how to break into it, mm. and so I did my research, and I was like, you know what? There's a whole bunch of people that started boutiques online. You know, maybe I can just start there and learn, mm-hmm. and so. I just danced with the idea, and I was like, nah, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't have no money. And then my friends were like, no, you need to do something. I'm giving you 30 days because I'm tired of you talking about it. (laughs) So you need to make something shake. And I was like, okay, Okay. cool. So I just, I registered the LLC. I came up with a name. And in 30 days, I did all of this. And I was like, okay, boom, I'm launching in May 2018. And then ever since then, I was just like, yeah, we're going to make this work. 
here we are. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. if y'all aren't already following it on Instagram, what's the handle? Um, 24-7 in the mix. Yes. Mm -hmm. So if you aren't already following it on Instagram, basically, like, she posts some of the cutest shit, like, (laughs) that I'm like... I need that fur coat. You yeah. posted a teddy coat a couple of days ago. Girl stutter. And because and because it's getting cold, I was like, I need it. I need it. Like you will see some of your like favorite like Instagram influencers and like fashion models mm-hmm. like wearing some of the cutest styles and you have them on yeah. your boutique, which I think is like so exciting and refreshing, mm-hmm. especially like living here in Denver and not really um getting to see a lot of those fashions, right. especially because you use a lot of like women of color as your models. Oh, hell yeah. And I think that <laughs> that's also like so amazing to see because I'm just like, yes, these beautiful, fashionable women mm-hmm. wearing clothes that I can buy. Exactly. Um, that are in my price range. Mm-hmm. And it's just like really inspiring to see. So I, Thank I just, you. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Thank you. Where do you see the direction for it going? So you have it up and running. Mm -hmm. It's live on Instagram. Um, What's kind of like the next step for the boutique? Definitely scaling it to other countries. Um, I'm Nigerian. I get calls from people in Nigeria all the time or people DMing DMing me saying, I need that. I need you to be able to ship to Nigeria, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, I need to figure this out ASAP. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I definitely want to make it like, not necessarily the next Fashion Nova, but more so... I don't want to do the same thing as everything else I or everyone else. I want to be able to bring on more people that are into designing and don't know where to start but want to start and bring them onto the team so that they can be able to do their own thing as well. So, yes. yeah, I want to be able to expand it to more black creatives or more creatives in general, but with the emphasis on black people because you know we still very sparse out here you know yes we are. <laughs> yeah in colorado just so you guys oh know. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so definitely um needs the market for it absolutely. for sure absolutely for sure but um i know you touched on your modeling a little bit yeah but there was this exciting <laughs> endeavor that you just partook in oh you know um she did a little i don't know something like a little feature or something (laughs) on the savage fenty show yeah that's on amazon prime it's like rihanna's lingerie line for all of you under a rock yes um And I literally screamed when I saw it. I screamed because you were right at the beginning. You're mm-hmm. like right at the beginning. You're like one of like maybe three models that's yeah. like from all around the country. And mm-hmm. you're just like modeling. Like, is it her newer looks or like? Um, it was a look that was sent to me, but mm-hmm. I just never got a chance to wear it. Wow. Yeah. So I was like, let me send this to them. So and- <laughs> I need to know like what this was like because wow mm-hmm. <laughs> wow you know <laughs> so they I've been working with them for about a year now mm-hmm. they actually announced me as one of their brand ambassadors wow. on uh, around my birthday last year what a I know gift. I know it's like, oh my gosh, if gift. I get nothing else this is good mm-hmm. so I've been working with them consistently for about a year and they reached out to me. They were saying that they were working on some a project and they just needed me to send some stuff. And I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. I thought it was the same thing that I've been doing, posting, right. just, you know, 
promoting, doing my thing. Right. Next thing I know, I'm seeing the Fenty show come out. I'm like, yeah, I'm finna watch this. It's about I'm I'm here. I'm ready. I'm I wanna watch we this. Live for Rihanna. Exactly. And so <laughs> I love Rihanna. But um I was watching this show and you know, they did the flash thing and then I saw my face immediately I started crying. I was like, Oh Amazing. my god. <laughs> so they didn't even tell you. Mm-hmm. It was just like, surprise, bitch, yeah, you're on the show. Here you are. And then I see my face, I start crying, and then they cut to the next clip where I'm talking. I'm like, oh, she speaks too. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Oh, I was so ecstatic. I'm so thankful for the opportunity. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> we were, I was so mind blown when mm-hmm. I saw it because I saw a friend post about it on either Instagram or Twitter or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I just, my jaw <laughs> dropped, and it was crazy because. I was just like reflecting back to like when I knew you in high school and I was just like, oh my God, look how far she's gone. She has this boutique. She's she's fucking tight now. Like Mm -hmm. she's doing shit with Rihanna. Like whatever. (laughs) Like I'm just so proud. I I just think that that is such an incredible endeavor. Like just watching your process over Mm -hmm. the last couple of years has been like so insane to see. Yeah. But yeah, like what is next for you? Are you still modeling? Do you still mm-hmm. focus on that? Are you trying to focus more on the boutique? Do you have like other projects coming? <laughs> like, but what is happening in the world of You Elmo? know, I love to keep myself busy. Yes, I'm still modeling yes. and yes, I'm still running the boutique. I think my biggest goal right now is finding the balance between the two because both of them are growing and I would say different directions, but they're still growing with me. So with modeling, way more doors have been opened for Mm -hmm. me Mm -hmm. through Fenty and doing a lot of brand ambassadorship. Mm -hmm. And then with the mixed boutique, I I have so many ideas that I'm like, I need to do this. Like, I want to create another label. Um, I want to hire more people because I'm tired of doing it by myself. It is so hard, Mm -hmm. but. I have so many ideas that I want to see come to life. So everything is going. Yeah. (laughs) So with all of that and being in the fashion industry here in Denver, um, I've seen... I've seen and spoken to so many people that work in different aspects of it. Yeah. And it sounds like, yes, it's really booming here. It's very coming up here. Mm-hmm. It's being it's finally being recognized. It was on Forbes. It's on Forbes. It's on like Forbes. so many like models and designers mm-hmm. and like Denver Fashion Week that just happened. Yeah. And is like popping off. Mm-hmm. But I feel like a lot of people are still moving away. I know that's something that you're thinking about yep. as well. But <laughs> um why? Oh my gosh. Um, Something that has plagued the fashion industry since the beginning of time is what? Ageism, colorism, Mm -hmm. all of that. Mm -hmm. And Denver, as progressive as it is, they're still struggling to like really like become who they are in mm-hmm. the industry. Mm-hmm. And I'm over it, yeah. <laughs> to say the least. You know, um, when I came in, I was very loud mouth. I was like, we need to do this. Um, I was always calling people out. But I loved it. I, <laughs> I loved every second. Thank you. But That's when I saw you and I was like, I need to care. Yeah. <laughs> I need it. You did like an Instagram rant, rant one day, and I, I, I was did just so like, many. It resonated with me so <laughs> deeply. I was just like, 
Yes. Like, speak on it because I'm not only just seeing this issue from you, I'm seeing it from a lot of other women of color that are models here in Denver and hearing about their strives about um, makeup artists not carrying their colors and not knowing how to to do their hair. Still, to this day, I'm still doing my own makeup. Wow. It's a shame. That is... There's so many options. It's it's sad because you go to a shoot or you go to a fashion show, whatever you're called to go do, mm-hmm. and you have your white peers mm-hmm. just show up, hair messed up, face plain. They can sit down and become a brand new person. Mm-hmm. Me, I always have to be conscious of, okay, do they have my color? Can they do my makeup? Do I have to sneak off to the back to do my or fix my makeup? Mm-hmm. Can they do my hair? Do I have to wear my hair a certain way? Even when I was rocking my hair naturally, it mm. got ruined because they were trying to do so many things to it that it just wasn't cool, you know? Oh, no. Yeah, and so it's always been a struggle, and I feel like it's everywhere in the industry, but it shouldn't be like this. At least once a week, one shoot a week, I should be able to sit down and just be able to, you know, get, you know, get pretty. Feel beautiful and, exactly. and do your job. Instead of feeling like a burden, like, you know what, like, mm-hmm. I'll just do my makeup myself. Yeah. And I always ask people that are in the hair and makeup industry, like, do you feel proud that your model has to go do something to their face or do something to their hair to look like somebody. It's very disheartening, it, it I'm is. sure. Like, you know, and I try, and going back to my rants, I would always call that out, but people would get so defensive, and it's like, I'm not trying to be defensive. Look, when I started modeling, I had photographers that were on my side that were always telling me, if you want to do this, you need to learn how to pose. You need to do this. You need to do that. And it's it's like tough love. It's like, we don't want to see you fail. It's just, if you say that you want to do this, you need to do it, mm-hmm. you know? And so going back to the hair and makeup thing, when I say that, it's like, oh, you're so rude. I would never work with you. I'm going to get you blacklisted, da 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 And I'm like, why? Like, I'm just calling it out. You don't want to, if Naomi Campbell artist, sits in your chair. You should know how to do you know many people's makeup exactly many <laughs> if naomi campbell sits in your chair and she looks crazy you think she's gonna be quiet one of the biggest supermodels in the world i'm not no i'm not naomi campbell by any means right. but it's like but that is the level that you want to be putting into exactly your work. that's the stand mm-hmm. that you want to hold yourself to right you should be able to beat a dog's face at this you know yes. <laughs> and make them look exactly cute <laughs> it, it don't matter who's in your chair you just Make them look like a person, make them feel like a person so that when they go to shoot, they feel good, you know? So, and a lot of people out here just don't grasp that. On top of the fact that there's there's so many casting calls that only call for a specific type of woman or a specific type of black woman, the mm-hmm. light skin, the curly hair. Mm-hmm. I'm like, there's, I, if you want that, that's cool, but mix right. it up, you know? Right. You, representation matters. I tell that to everyone. If you want your brand to sell, people want to see themselves in your brand, you know? Right. And the the easiest way to do that is to hire people that look different than the norm or hire the people that are buying your stuff. And even if you want a new market, there's no harm in hiring the people that you're trying to target, right. you know, and doing it right. So people don't grasp that here. And it's very disheartening and sad because I feel like Denver is trying to be like different markets that already exist when they have so many people flooding here from all over and they could just create their own. So 
I think that's the biggest thing that Denver is going through right now. And I don't know if I have the patience to stick it out, but as far as long as I'm here, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. Hey, y'all. That was interview with Omo, a Denver model and entrepreneur. Welcome back to season two of Shoes Off, Please. We are so excited to be back. And thank you for everyone who has listened to season one. And yeah, we are just so excited to continue to tell stories of marginalized genders here and exploring what these trailblazers are doing for their communities and in their industries. And we're just going to keep it moving This next segment of the interview is going to be with 303 Magazine's editor-in-chief, Brittany Wurgis. Hey, Brittany. Hey, guys. How you doing? (laughs) We're so excited to have her on the podcast in the first episode of season two for Shoes Off, Please. And yeah, we have a great conversation um, prepared for you guys. So let's just dive right in. Yeah. Should I take my shoes off? Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, Air them out after a long day. You know, that's me. I try (laughs) to get real comfy. (laughs) Get comfy in the seat. Yeah. I usually like warn people. I'm like, I have the sweatiest feet. So (laughs) prepare for that. But yeah, just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. And yeah, yeah, just give us a little background on who is Brittany. Yeah. So um, as Demi said, I'm the editor in chief of 303 Magazine. Um, I'm also a co-producer at Denver Fashion Week. Um, I've been at the magazine for the last seven years, and um, I know we'll talk a little bit about it later, but I've done a lot of different things at the publication. Um, I've been editor-in-chief for the last four years about, um, and before that I was a food editor and writer, um, and I've always managed our social media. So yeah, lots of different stuff. It's funny because uh, I met Brittany like what, like maybe four years ago or something like that. Yeah, probably like like four, even five. (laughs) Maybe five, actually. Five, yeah. Um, When I moved up here to work for UMS, the Underground Music Showcase, and um, everything that I was seeing Brittany do was like just so insane. She was like all over the place. She was doing all these projects. She was at like every event, and I was like, "Who is she? I need to get to know (laughs) who she is." And I just feel like. Um, back then in my early 20s, like I was just gung-ho to do just everything yeah, and anything. Same. And um, yeah, do you can like do you say that you still do that right now? Like are you no. just as busy? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, but I feel like, yeah, I just turned 30 and I feel like I've started to really value my like home time and my alone time a little bit more. I definitely still do a lot of stuff and people are always like, well, how are you doing so many things? But I think like, you know, as you get older, it's like the art of saying no. Um, obviously like the job, like requires you to do lots of different things, but you know, you kind of learn over the years, especially being in the same position for seven years, like what you really need to be at, what you can delegate and whatnot. Um, and so that's kind of been like brought me some peace of mind. So I still feel like I do, you know, plenty of stuff, but I feel like there's not nearly as much as when I was like 25, um, which feels like very like uh, centering and nice actually. So Yeah. I mean, I kind of considered you like a Jane of all trades. Like you had your hands in like so many different things. Has that always been the case or was that mostly because of the job or just curiosity? Yeah, I would say, you know, I really kind of kicked into full gear with the magazine just because there was so much to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I came into the publication when we were transitioning from print to digital. And, you know, I, I just wanted to like do everything there. So, and there was just a lot of room to do stuff. So I took over like every single thing I could possibly do. And then from there, it feels like that's just continued. And that's why I actually love the job. I didn't know 
that I would like thrive in that as much as I did. Like when I was, you know, a kid and younger, like, you know, always played a lot of different sports and, you know, did different things, but I wasn't like the person that was like doing a gajillion things or anything like that. So mm-hmm. I definitely think that was something I learned that I love to do later on in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and definitely saw it like through the magazine just cause there was so much opportunity to do stuff. So, um, but yeah, like nowadays I, I love like learning new skills and, and like the job has definitely like allowed me to like dabble in everything I want, which I just super enjoy. And I think it's something I love about like my work life. Is your background in journalism? No, it's actually in history. So yeah, which I mean, I feel like, (laughs) you know, there's a million of us history majors out there who are doing nothing that's related to history. Although I feel like my degree to some, like to some degree, um, has like some connection to journalism because it was very, very focused on writing and the program I was in at C Boulder, um, was really focused on like writing and research. So it was very research heavy. And I kind of got even started in, um, on that end of things because I got published in an academic journal, like just like a student one. Um, and you know, it was like, it was one out of 800 to get published. And then, so I like got really excited, you know, Mm -hmm. it it was, it's still just a student journal, but it was just like seeing your name in print. And, um, and I really did love writing for, for school and just like really digging into that. So, um, so yeah, I actually did like my degree definitely did kickstart my love of like journalism and writing. So, um, but yeah, I like actually when I started at like CU, they had like, um, they gotten rid of the journalism school. So mm-hmm. that wasn't even going to be a thing. I was considering it, but it was such a bad time when, you know, lots of journalism schools around the country were combining like comms and journalism and right. which is a bummer because they had such a great, uh, J school. So, and I think it is back in and is like doing well, but um, yeah, it was during that time there wasn't really like there was an option to get a journalism degree, but it was not doing well. So yeah, it's interesting to hear about like publications and like the route that they're taking right now and mm-hmm. moving into the digital world. And I feel like Three Three Magazine actually spearheads that for Colorado. Every time I'm on the socials, I'm like, damn, they're crushing it, <laughs> or like they're doing like this cool new feature. They're kind of like the trailblazers for that industry right now. And I think that that is really exciting to see because a lot of other publications are trying to keep up. And I just think that that's awesome. Like you're doing a great job. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, you know, and, um, I do social media consulting on the side and that's mm-hmm. actually how we met was mm-hmm. through some UMS stuff mm-hmm. with one of their sponsors. But, um, so yeah, it's always been something I love communicating with, you know, our readers, um, I mean, our, our like writers and staff and myself were more on the younger side. So that's like how we kind of engage already. So mm-hmm. it's kind of, it's a little bit more, I think, natural for us. Whereas mm-hmm. we're not necessarily teaching people above us who might be a little bit older, like how to use it. Not saying that like other publications don't have that skill, but I definitely think it's a little bit more, um, organic for ourselves and for our audience so it just kind of makes sense so we're always trying I mean I definitely like want to do a million more things obviously (laughs) but yeah we've been working like we do the Instagram story uh swipe up stuff which I actually stole from paper magazine so (laughs) there's so many good ideas they are like kings of kings and queens of like the meme yeah oh yeah I totally follow their social media person and she is hilarious she's hilarious and I'm like how you just have all these fresh ideas but um, speaking of social media, I mean, I have a background in social media as yeah. well. 
Um, are you finding it like harder and harder nowadays to try to keep that balance in your life when you're like so ingrained in like, I must be posting this mm-hmm. or I must be researching this. Like you're clearly on top of trends. You're following all of these cool like social media platform, like all these different profiles and things like that. Like, do you ever feel like you get overwhelmed? I think I used to. Um, now I feel like I just, there's, I think it's more like the balance between like what is work and what's me just wasting time. Mm. Um, but I definitely think that a lot of it also leans on like having really awesome tastemakers and trend makers that work for me and that work for the magazine. Um, and so they definitely are like the cool kids sometimes and telling me what's going on. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, but I, yeah, I, I was actually on the way over here. I was listening to like Colorado public radio on their yes. thing with that, with a student who did a yes. Ted talk about, um, giving up her phone mm-hmm. and how she's like, she's like, I've totally reverted back. I totally use my phone all the time. I was yep. like, yeah, that's a struggle. My life and she's, collapse. you know, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, but yeah, I definitely, I mean, social media can obviously ha- is like such a double edged sword, sword with our, you know, jobs and our lives and um you know I think that yeah it can be really great and there are a lot of times where I do find things that way um and I do find it really useful and I actually like I'm a really big believer in using social media as like a gauge for my audience and what we're writing so that's why I like really like manage our social media heavily because it just tells me so much in real time mm-hmm. so there is that but you know then it also becomes like this like just this thing that you use all the time and it's hard to detach. And I was actually just t- thinking to myself, I should have a s- shut off time when I'm just not like yeah. scrolling and thinking and liking and saving and sharing and, you know, doing all this stuff because yeah, it's part of the job, but I think at some certain point in time, it's like, just turn it off. You need a break. Yeah. <laughs> read more. Yeah, that, is <laughs> that is not right. on a screen, right? Yeah, you know, let it's me like, actually pick up a physical book. Right. Yeah. Last time I did that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you kind of touched on that you work on multiple projects. What are some other things that you're working on right now? Yeah, so I mean, um, the magazine, I think is just, it feels like just one giant side project in a lot of ways because <laughs> there's so many things going on. Uh, one thing we're working on now is we're wrapping up um, volume three of um, our vinyl because we do uh, a all Colorado, all local compilation album. And uh, so we're just getting to the end stages of that. And I'm actually going to do the graphic design for the interior for it, which is like something I love doing. And, you know, just kind of like out of necessity I've had to do it, but I do really enjoy it. Um, Luckily, like Rum Tum is going to do like the cover and, you know, like help with like some of the interior stuff. So like no matter what, it's going to be gorgeous. Mine's going to be on the inside. So you've already had to have bought it to make, like to see it. So so if it's like, you know, if it's really terrible, (laughs) then, you know, at least it's like you already bought it. Can't return it. But, um, but yeah, it's really fun. I'm really excited about the, like the, uh, lineup this year. It's so, so good. Um, yeah, it's been really fun. So that's wrapping up soon. And then obviously different fashion week. Um, and then just looking at 2020, I mean, all the things we want to do there and just, um, trying to get through the end of the year but and looking at 303 day is a big thing we're doing as well with mm-hmm. legal Pete's and new belgium yes. and um we are All the best days yeah it's so much fun <laughs> and this year we're actually doing um a gallery um uh, opening with uh johnny draco who does uh kid robot he's like he does stuff for kid robot in denver um okay. but he when he first moved to denver actually created an alphabet to kind of get the to get to know the city a little bit more Mm. so he like did a different letter for different places that were like iconic um and so he uh we wrote about him back then Corey anderson our amazing arts writer wrote about it she is great um and so um so he reached out to us uh earlier this year and asked we wanted to help him with another edition of it 
And so because we're always looking for things to like expand the 303 day um, initiative or celebration with, we um, asked them if we could like, you know, do it then and actually get some um, sponsorships from New Belgium and Legal Pete's to help us like really grow it. So, yeah, um, money. yeah. so we were like, <laughs> you know, making sure Johnny gets like, you know, some support to like actually create it and make it look awesome. And we like, you know, used um, our, like our followers and their followers to like come up with the alphabet. So it'll be released on 303 day and we're going to like we're going to hopefully try to make like stickers and shirts and stuff and it'll just be fun. So, and he's going to make each letter as like an individual print. Cause before it was like just one print. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're doing that. Uh, and then just trying to expand that in general. Cause it always just comes so quick, Yeah, you know, cause it's like March, March 3rd is just yeah. like, bam. And then, um, yeah, Denver fashion week, uh, spring 2020 is going to be huge. And so we, that's also pretty close. To yeah. So yeah, we tried it. We're actually going to try to move it to April because that turnaround mm. is so tough. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've been working on it quite a bit already. So Ooh. we have some contacts with Vogue. They might come out. I know I'm probably like saying this way too soon, but, but, but speak it into the universe, yes. you know, Maybe Vogue if you're listening, podcast, like, Whoa, we've <laughs> who knows? Already, like, they're already talking about yeah, it, so, we, so might as well. we really are hoping they come out and check out Denver because yeah. um, Forbes just read a big story in Denver Fashion Week, and they're actually returning this season as well. So yes. trying to just like bring up you know Denver's fashion profile, and and then I mean I could go on. There's a million things, <laughs> but uh, that's kind of the main stuff right now, at least in the next like six months that we're really working on. So more things are going to pop up and. Actually, just talked to um, Abigail. I hope I say her last name. Plonky, like she does, like the thrice. Yes, pop-up the pop ups. Yeah, yeah, so we just had coffee, and nice. I just love what she does, and she's such a badass. And so I talked about collabing. Yeah. So also nothing stoned. Always fun. But you know, just uh, just talking to people and just putting feelers out and just trying to see like what can what fun things can we do for 2020 so if you're out there and you're listening and you have a crazy ass idea let me know hit it up yeah we're also going to be sharing a lot of those cool things that are happening with 303 magazine on our socials so just keep an eye out but yeah let's go back to denver fashion yeah so um i remember a couple of years ago i read an article i think it was like thrillist or something like that that was like Denver and Colorado and Boulder has like the worst fashion sense in the entire country. (laughs) And they like tried to describe the fashion sense and it was like Patagonia, Tevas, Tevas, who knows. Right. Um, And like, just like outdoor wear. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, you know what? With so many people moving to Colorado, it's changing the fashion industry here so so quickly. Yeah. And there's a lot of talented artists that are out here that are shaping what Denver fashion looks like. So. Yeah, tell me a little bit about Denver Fashion Week and like, what did that process look like? Especially because like, that's not the first time I've ever heard that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I get, you know, I get the stereotype. I'm from Denver. (laughs) I'm wearing yoga pants right now because, you know, came from a workout. But, you know, like it's a part (laughs) of the culture, but also like Demi said, there's just so many people moving in. And I feel like also just a younger generation that is like, I think in Denver, I've always had kind of a DIY style. And so I think that there's something there with um, kind of how, like, you know, the younger uh, crowd that's moving here and then, like, kind of the people who've been here all along have taken that DIY kind of self-expression. Mm-hmm. And it's really kind of exploded. And, um, you know, Mon Guerra, who's um, from Project Runway, he, he won Project Runway All-Stars. 
a lot of his influences come from like the rave scene of Denver back in the, the day. So, you know, I definitely think it's always been here that I think that's always been an undercurrent of that self-expression, you know, that Western vibe, not saying like, you know, cowboy boots and yeah. stuff, but even though those are like trending or something, the, yeah, like, like that definitely is its own thing. Like <laughs> bolo ties can be great. I, I have one. It's yes. awesome. Um, but, you know, I definitely think that that's always been there and, you know, the DIY, like South Broadway, Baker culture, the rave culture, you know, and we have such a great like music scene. Um, so it's, I think it's always existed. And I think Denver Fashion Week has just been kind of the actualization of it in a lot of ways. Um, you know, it's definitely changed so much over the years, not necessarily always in like what the designers are bringing, because I think there's always been so much talent. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually the way people dress to come to the show has changed <laughs> yes. so much. Like, I mean, I remember, you know, not hating, but like, you know, coming to shows and just seeing so many like, you know, furry vests and, and like, you know, skinny jeans. And just like, mm-hmm. that was like the, I think the uniform almost for a while. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, I'm always just like shocked and delighted by like what people wear. And yes. I love that. And so that personal style. Yeah. So that's kind of how, you know, but that's how it's kind of changed, at least on the audience side, but um, just seeing younger designers come in, because we have had so many great designers, like, I, I know um, Tyne um, and uh, Rachel Marie Hurst will be featured. Yes, uh, they're amazing. Yeah, and they are, uh, they are incredible, and they've been with us for, you know, I, maybe it's been almost like a decade at least, because like from the beginning, um, seven years, so they've been with us forever, and they've always crushed it, so... Mm-hmm. Um, there's always been a lot of talent, but, um, it's cooler to see like how much we've been able to showcase new people. Mm-hmm. So every season, it's not just like the same faces. Like, yes, we have the Denver originals night, which is amazing and awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also have lots of new concepts and stuff that's coming along. So, um, yeah, Denver fashion week is, you know, it's been around for 13 years. Um, wow. yeah. And so, uh, it's expanded into like from Denver Fashion Weekend, back when we really could really only do a weekend, now yep. to, you know, a full week with five runway shows mm-hmm. and three workshops and after parties and industry events. And twice and, a year. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so it's like, yeah, a lot of days. So yep. it's like 16 <laughs> days of fashion. So um, that can just, like, alone speaks for how much it's grown and changed. And so, um, yeah, Denver's awesome, and our fashion scene is killer. I'm so excited. Yeah. yeah, Denver Fashion Week, the first time I went, I think it was, like, at, uh, what was that club? Uh, City Hall. City Hall. Yeah, good old City Hall. It was That's at City Temple. Hall. And um, even then, and yeah, now it's yeah. Temple. And it was just so mind-blowing because, like, I have seen fashion things before, kind of, like, mm-hmm. in different areas of the country. But it was so interesting to check out Denver's scene because yeah. I was just like, oh, we're proving people wrong yeah. now. Look at all of this, like, amazing style and, like, the clothes that came out of that, like, the community that came out of that people were all so excited from like the designers to Mm -hmm. the models to the makeup artists and just really seeing the Denver fashion scene thrive was amazing and Mm -hmm. I just feel like a lot of people don't really know about it yeah I'd say the community is like so infectious like Mm -hmm. the the vibe is I always like feel like I leave the end of the week just feeling so inspired and like even though I do it you know, twice a year and I work on it like day and night for like 365. I feel like every time I, I wrap a week, it just feels so good and so invigorating because I see people who I know like that's like, you know, either there's some of their side gig or they're trying to make it work and, you know, t- you know, Tim Gunn kind of moments. Yes. But um, they like it's just cool to see how much like, you know, they've come how far they've come and how much time and energy they've put into their work and just yeah, how much support they get and love, you know, Mm -hmm. like you go and it's not like a, you know, everyone's sitting quiet. It's like people cheer and get really stoked and 
and get really, really pumped on it. So it's a really fun, high energy environment. And, you know, if you're like either like really into like the music scene or the food scene, you're going to see like a whole different side of Denver, but it's like just as robust and fun and exciting and supportive and wonderful as like other parts of Denver's like arts and culture community. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you're like a total badass. Like same. To everything. You. Oh, thank <laughs> you. But um, yeah, I think you're a total badass. You just do so much, but I feel like you're very conscious about what you put out there and keeping that balance. But like, are there any other like amazing women that inspire you that are working alongside with you that just keep you motivated? Yeah, I mean, every single day I work with amazing women. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, Katie Boudreaux right now is like, she's always been my right hand, like man, woman, like, (laughs) um, for the magazine and for Denver Fashion Week. And so she just like holds it down with me. Um, like all of our editor staff right now, they're like all women except for Corey Hazel. We love you. (laughs) So like, it's, you know, like women really lead the magazine, um, which kind of just like happened over time. But, um, yeah, they're just all such amazing people. Um, you know, Corey Anderson, like we mentioned before, she is so great. Um, she's like an arts writer and business owner, entrepreneur, and she just is so efficient and so cool and so smart. She's like one of the smartest people I feel like I know. Um, and so it's really great to work with her. She just, I feel like, pushes me and inspires me all the time. Yes. Um, Camila, we just hired her as our music editor not that long ago, about a, it'll probably be about a year now. Um, in December and she's just like stepped into the role she's you know younger and she just stepped into this big role and just crushed it um and she's also just so ambitious she does like um video production like music video production on the side so she's someone that's also has a million things going on and just kills it Mm -hmm. um and I'm always just so impressed by her and then um Jennifer Tom who's our fashion editor she's like one of the nicest people you'll ever meet but she's also just so you know, great to work with and smart and like innovative and her, the way she's like led our fashion desk is just incredible. Um, and so I just am really impressed by her. Uh, Amanda, she's our photo editor and she's always been just so great. And I just love the way she's led the desk. Um, because she just like, it's definitely like herding cats. Like I love (laughs) you guys. I love our photographers, but like you guys don't always read instructions. We need someone to help you out. And Amanda is like so great at it. Um, and you know, she took over for Kyle who I also do really love. And, um, but you know, just seeing her style of like how to handle has been great. So Mm -hmm. yeah, constantly inspired by awesome women. And I've luckily like worked and had a lot of awesome women work for me recently, actually like today, um Peyton Garcia who used to be um she worked for the Denver Post before she worked for me mm-hmm. and then she came to 303 for a while and did an internship and then writing for us and then moved on to dining out and became mm-hmm. like the managing editor there mm-hmm. and she recently is leaving to go like travel the world wow um, yeah so she's just <laughs> awesome and she just um mentioned me in her Voyage Denver article the trailblazer mm-hmm. um and so I nominated her for that and just like seeing her just like kind of actualize her life um, and she just like has been great. And so just, yeah, working with like a lot of young writers and mm-hmm. people who are just are amazing and just seeing them kind of like helping them kind of take those next steps in their lives has been one of my favorite things to do. So, and I have like two sisters who I'm super close with and I was raised by like, the most badass woman ever. Um, so yeah, women around me, like just rule my whole world. So 
Wow. I mean, like the team at 303, I did not know that there was that many women. Yeah. I mean, it's, it wasn't always that way, but yeah, I'm slowly That's like, amazing, yeah, though. so it's so much fun. Yeah. But I think like a lot of editorial staff are like women because they're just, I think, so even keel. I mean, not saying some men aren't, but you know, I feel like women I'm definitely bring like multitaskers. <laughs> yeah. They're great at conflict resolution, which mm-hmm. is sometimes needed when you're managing writers. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I just, I feel like I look around in like the editorial realms and I see so many great women. And I think that, you know, a lot of women were like, we can just really dominate the scene in so many ways and it can just show off so many of their strengths. So, yeah. um, so yeah, I, I think it's great. Like, it's really cool to see how many women are like in the editorial world, like, especially like the food writing world. Like right. it's like totally all badass oh, ladies. If only I so. could get into that so I can get the food. Right. Yeah. That would be ideal. Right. <laughs> well, we're always looking for writers. <laughs> Don't tempt me. I right. can take on six more projects. Fine. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, you'll hold up. <laughs> I know you're right. Don't do it. <laughs> you're not hired. <laughs> okay. A job that I just don't get. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, so are there any travel plans up for you? Like, what's coming up for Britain? What's in um, the next couple of years? Yeah, so we had a, I had a huge travel year this year. Kind you of, did. Yeah, it just kind of happened. Went to Mexico City and San Miguel day and day for a wedding. Went to Italy with my family, which was amazing. Because mm-hmm. we tried to do like a big family trip every like five years. Mm-hmm. Um, and That's that was great. great. Yeah. yeah. And um, then uh, randomly went to Colombia um, to visit my sister who's living down there also randomly. Loved every second. Um, and it was so much fun. <laughs> yeah. I actually just got my film scans back from the camera shop. So I'm so excited to like go and look at those. Um, and then, so this year was just, yeah, super fun, really great big travel. So next year might be less, but we really want to do a trip to China because, um, my boyfriend's family's from there. Mm -hmm. And so he is like family in Hong Kong and Taiwan and obviously things in Hong Kong are a little bit rough. Mm -hmm. Um, so that might not be immediate, but we want to take like two weeks, um, and do like Hong Kong, Taiwan, and, um, maybe stop in Japan for a little. So like, that's kind of like, we've been, we really need to go. Like I want to meet his grandparents. So, um, that's kind of the big goal for next year. So who knows what'll happen? (laughs) I really want to go back to Mexico city. I'm like so tempted to just like get on a flight, but, um, but yeah, that's kind of, yeah. Like at least travel wise, that's the, you know, the plan right now is just like get to China. So, Mm. yeah. And what about like work or career wise? Yeah, like just um, in terms of the magazine and just, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, just right now it's just really, I try to, you know, I I always like try to let things happen a little bit more organically. Like I'm not one of those crazy people who have like an insane planner. planner. I'm not like <laughs> yes. a five point planner person. But um, yeah, in terms of the magazine, just like overall goals is just like really trying to like, my whole goal has always been like stability um, mm-hmm. just because I think in the publishing world and like independent media you know, it's just, you really want to create like more stability. So that's like my thing. I've always really had like that long-term goal of just making sure like the magazine is just like super like, you know, stable and like what it can offer for our writers and um, like building a better, like a, having a bigger office and an awesome office culture and just like having like a really, you know, robust and rewarding internship program and like, you know, a great freelance program. So that's really my goal. And that's something we've always you know, try to improve upon, you know, every year, every quarter, as much as we can. Um, but that's my goal, like, just to see this, you know, the magazine thrive and to create, you know, something that I think, like, even beyond me can really, like, exist and 
and thrive. And, um, and so stability is just like my main goal. Like it's not sexy or cool or anything, <laughs> but, um, yeah. So just trying to, you know, like sometimes, and that's why, you know, my like job has shifted more into kind of big picture stuff. So if I look at like the long term, that's probably it. I don't know if that fully answers what you're. No, it does. Good. Yeah. Um, I think you guys are on the right track. So I'm really excited to see what happens and watch your team grow and continue to watch you thrive. Yeah. Yeah. I I just always, you know, I love having my awesome team and I just want to give them everything they want and, you know, like just, you know, have like a job in journalism that can like give you, you know, benefits and full time and all that stuff. Cause you know, like I said, independent, local, digital yeah. only media like obviously it's like that stuff doesn't just fall out of the sky so um mm-hmm. that's really just like a hunker down thing that we've been working on for a long time just like growing but it, it's been cool just like having a more stable like full-time team part-time team and um and just you know kicking ass that way and just trying to like you know support everybody there and um yeah make it just you know, something that's never going to ever go away. Not mm-hmm. like it would, but, you know, it's like, you look at stuff with, evolving. you know, with the post <laughs> and like, yeah. you know, all the different publications. It's yeah. It's, it's one of those things that you really kind of like realize, like you got to like have a stable growth and good projections and making sure you're making the right moves. So, so shoes off, please. Season two, like I said, you can expect a lot of exciting, fun things to be happening from the end of 2019 going into 2020. What? Mm-hmm. And um, not only are we going to continue to tell the stories and interview um, some great people in their industries, but we're going to continue to do that on our socials. So you can find that on Instagram or on our Facebook at Shoes Off Please. Our first IGTV segment, In Your Space, features Tyne Hall, a Denver fashion designer who features works with Denver Fashion Week, which ends on November 17th. You can find our chat on Instagram under our IGTV channel, also at Shoes Off Please. Our second episode for that same series is going to be airing a little bit later in November, but it'll feature Rachel Bowen, owner and nail technician at Acronicus. They do the most detailed, fun, exciting nails and I'm so excited to take a look at her space and yeah tell you guys a little bit more about what she does so keep an eye out for that have one more big announcement to make so in December December 6th we are doing our first ever live show so here in Denver at Leon Gallery you'll be able to come and sit down with us and see a live podcast recording we aren't going to share the details of who's going to be a attending and everything that you'll be able to enjoy at that show but we'll have more details about that on our socials so yeah lots of things going on on our social media you just definitely need to follow us if you want to be in the know and you can expect the next episode of Shoes Off Please to also air in December. We're going to be continuing to do that once a month until you guys tell us you want a little bit more. It's Shoes Off Season 2! We're so excited. Thank you for the support. Thank you for listening. Thank you for following us. And we will see you guys in December. Mm-hmm.